Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today. Bill Bannum and joining me back on the show for I think the third time is none other than the super awesome, fabulous, fantastic, lovely Stephen Shedlecki or Shed to his friends. I get to call him Shed these days because we know each other enough. Uh, Shed helps leaders make it safe and worth it for people to speak up. He supports humble leaders, those who know that they are both a part of the problems that they experience and the solutions they can create as they put their people and purpose first. A sought after speaker, coach and advisor, Shed has led hundreds of keynote presentations, workshops and leadership development programs all around the world as a thought leader on psychological safety in the workplace. He works with leaders in all industries where human beings work and as we record this interview today in the uh, middle of September, he's got a new book coming out, his first book, I think. It's called uh, Speak Up Culture, When Leaders Truly Listen, People Step Up. And uh, of course, that's gonna be the main focus of this conversation today. Shed, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Bill. It's a delight to join you yet again. Um, and you still have the record, by the way, Shed, for the uh, most downloaded episode ever on the hr chat podcast just fyi let's see if we can break the internet shall we let's let's do our best that yes. sounds like a good idea to me <laughs> um okay <laughs> um, for those who haven't listened to the your previous appearances and haven't perhaps uh been made aware of you and your awesomeness up to this point why don't you start by taking a minute or two and reintroducing yourself Sure. Uh, happy to. So my name is Stephen Shedletsky. As Bill shared, friends do call me Shed. Uh, Bill calls me Shed. You're welcome to call me Shed. Uh, I hail from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where Bill and I have met many times. And um, my passion, what I've devoted my life's work to, is helping leaders listen to and nurture the voice of others. Um, I myself grew up with a stutter. I know what it feels like to be voiceless. Um, and so, so often I find that our purpose and fulfillment lives on the other side of what we've struggled with and have either overcome or are overcoming. And so for me, my passion is in helping people um, articulate their their ideas and emotions to better connect with themselves and others. Um, I've worked with Simon Sinek for over a decade and have my first book coming out October 3rd, Speak Up Culture When Leaders Truly Listen, People Step Up. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, your stutter that you mentioned just a moment ago, I, I also had one as a kid. I think we've spoken about that before mm -hmm. on this show. Um regular listeners of the show will hear that it still comes up when I get excited and whatnot. How did that shape you as a person? How, how did that, how did that cause you to, I don't know, go out and prove people who perhaps mean to you as a kid wrong or uh, to, to, to force you to, to be the man that you are today? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, fortunately 
it wasn't it was something that created more insecurity for myself than something that uh, I was teased for. Perhaps there were a few moments where I was teased, but it was done, I think, in jest and really without awareness of the struggle that I had. Um, so it, for me, I'm not like on this vendetta to like prove you know, jerk Timmy from grade two, like that's, that's not my main motivator. Um, I realized in grade six, when I couldn't pronounce the word très in French class, très meaning very, you learn the word très bien, very good as like the third phrase you learn in French. And I couldn't say that word très because it's a harsh sounding word. That was in grade six. I went home that day and said to my mom, because we knew we had a stutter, that I had a stutter for, you know, at least four, four years or so then. Um, and I, for some reason, just had the conviction that I knew if I didn't get a grip of this, it would get in the way and that I would be limited in what I would be able to accomplish just based on my own confidence and ability. So I felt motivated to improve upon it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it hugely shaped me because... I know that feeling very intimately, as you might as well, Bill, of what it means to feel voiceless, to have something to say, but to lack the confidence, willingness, know-how uh, to try to get it out and it doesn't come out, to want to use a particular word and you can't, uh, and you either change the word or power through it. Um, and I still do stutter and I still have a stutter. I married a speech therapist, good choice, not just for me, but for my kids and nieces and nephews as, as well. Um, but yeah, it's really something that defined me and my passion. I mean, I didn't really get over my fear of public speaking until university college years where I stepped into some leadership roles, which flung me in front of people and speaking speaking responsibilities and public speaking opportunities. And it wasn't until I had a little bit of success with it, particularly in sharing a message to help and serve others that I got hooked. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's at a, at a high level, some of my tidbits and stories. I'm, I'm curious if your experience is the same or, or different, if you're willing to share as well. Once in a while, an event series is born that shakes things up. It makes you think differently and it leaves you inspired. That event is Disrupt HR. The format is 14 speakers, 5 minutes each, and slides rotate every 15 seconds. If you're an HR professional, a CEO, a technologist, or a community leader and you've got something to say about talent, culture, or technology, Disrupt is the place. It's coming soon to a city near you. Learn more at disrupthr.co. Uh, firstly, I love that you married a speech therapist. Good choice, indeed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. Uh, yeah, yeah, similar for sure. Uh, I, I I fear that maybe um, the kids in the UK are a bit more mean than the kids in Ontario. Um, <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, that, there might have been some altercations uh, when I when I was a kid. Um, but absolutely, it, it it knocks your confidence and all the rest of it. So at least it certainly can do. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think I think you've got to rise above it and put yourself in new situations and challenge yourself. Um, you you mentioned a moment ago about being thrown in front of a room of people. I mean, I've seen you speak on multiple occasions. Uh, you've been gracious enough to speak at some of the events that 
um, I've been involved in in terms of producing. And you are an amazing speaker. Uh, you're awesome. You're engaging. The crowd goes wild. They're throwing roses at you and, and all the rest of it. The thorns um, hurt. The thorns really do hurt. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> So I, I turned 40 this year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and um, it, was, it was only my mid-30s that I actually put myself out there and, and stood in front of a, of a room of people. And, and I was terribly nervous. And these days, I think I'm okay with it, you know. Um, but but it, it takes time, and, and you've got to do it. I, I wonder what kind of inspiration Simon Sinek was to you in terms of um, ha- having the, the mission to, to get up in front of people and, and spread the good word, so to speak. If, if you're if you're following a guy like Simon, I'm, I'm guessing it makes it that much easier because you really believe what you're saying in front of that crowd of people. Yeah, I mean, it's either easier or it's harder because he's so freaking good. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love what you said in terms of modest, reasonable tests. Um, I, you know, for anyone who has any fear, whether it's public speaking or of centipedes or whatever, um, take modest, reasonable tests. So if it's a centipede, like be in the same room as or look uh, at a picture on online, like read about them, understand, like just take modest, reasonable tests. And that's what I really did to overcome my fear of public speaking. And you don't need to have a stutter to have a fear of public speaking. Um, it, it's the Jerry Seinfeld joke that I think it was uh, Time Magazine uh, quoted a study years ago that the number one fear in North America was public speaking and the number two fear was death. So you'd rather be in the in the casket than giving a eulogy at a funeral, which makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so I think modest, reasonable tests are so brilliant. And I can think of a few specific moments in my life and career where I just took modest, reasonable tests as it related to public speaking and began to get, A, I didn't die. B, I started to get some decent positive feedback. I started to breathe more. (laughs) So my legs didn't shake. I started to get more comfortable with it. Still to this day, I get nerves. Um, For me, nervousness and, and, and anxiety it is is stimulus. It's it's data to tell me that this matters. I'm excited that this is important. I'm trying to relay a message. Specifically with your question around Simon, Simon taught me and and others who have worked with him closely and shared his message. There's a rule when it comes to sharing his message, and the rule is we only talk about things that we know and talk about things that we care about. And care is more important than no. So you're allowed to say, hey, I'm just learning about this. I don't know everything, but I really care about it. Um, and if you identify something that you care about, that you're passionate about, that passion and enthusiasm and energy and inspiration is likely to transfer to an audience. Um, so, I mean, I'm just thinking I, I went to my son. My son is four and a half years old. I went to uh, the the Meet the Teacher and Curriculum Night um, just this week. And his, his teacher, um, you know, in, in her, in her mid forties, um, so freaking passionate about children and teaching and character development, not a naturally talented, or actually I will say this. She actually was a naturally talented speaker, but not comfortable in the role, um, and she was brilliant. I went up to her after and I said, I look forward to watching your your TED Talk because her ideas and her passion was so great and palpable. So that's the one thing I really learned from, from Simon Bill is we talk about things that we care about and talk about things that we know and care is most important. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the HR Chat Show. 
IEA training provides professional development to a changing workforce with changing needs, and we're proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. IEA offers lots of courses, webinars, and on-demand training to meet our students where they are and help them reach their goals. We're proud of our contribution to better risk analysis and high operating standards in the industry. Learn more at ieatraining.org. And now, back to the conversation. We're here to talk about your book, and I'm conscious that we've got seven minutes left of this call. Uh, Why don't you start by giving us the boilerplate, giving us the overview, 30-second overview of Speak Up Culture. Nice. So there's a a, a quote by a... um, a, a Danish theologian, Kierkegaard, that says, life makes sense looking backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And so uh, this book that I wrote, Speak Up Culture, is semi-autobiographical. This experience of growing up with a stutter certainly um, uh, influenced that, as well as in my 15-year-plus career, being on teams, uh, whether uh, uh, they're a vendor or a client or a team that I'm on, um, that have a speak up culture or don't have a speak up culture. And I noticed a stark difference when you have an environment in which people feel that it is both safe and worth it to speak up, to share their ideas, their feedback, their concerns, even disagree with a colleague or especially a senior leader, admit mistake. um, And it goes well that leaders um, encourage and reward that behavior. They are remarkable teams. Not only are the relationships amongst team members stronger. I have folks that I've been on teams with where there was a speak of culture and they are dear friends to this day even if we're not on that same team anymore um, not only is it good for our relationships it's fantastic for our results for for trust amongst uh, team members um, for cooperation for creativity for innovation um, as well as for the health and well-being of the people who who show up and work uh, there every day. It's good for business. Contrastly, when you don't have a speak up culture where people might speak up, but they're very careful about what they say and to whom, or you really have a culture of silence, um, uh, people do not feel that it is safe and worth it to speak up. And and everyone loses. Leaders lose. Um, employees and team members lose. Uh, the organization as a whole lose. Trust, cooperation, innovation, creativity are not at their optimal. Um, and we spend inordinate amounts of time and energy um, uh, playing politics and posturing and and trying to avoid stepping on that landmine. And so I've become fascinated with what is a speak up culture? How do we cultivate it? How do we build it? Because it is good for business and it's good for people. As you are creating this masterpiece, which I understand is already selling out all over the place and you haven't even officially launched it yet. What, what, what surprised you most about writing this book in terms, of, in terms of the content that you were producing? Yeah, yeah. Well, so when I first came up with this idea, I fully admit and thought that I was rebranding psychological safety. Psychological safety has become a very well-known body of work. It's become very popular in the zeitgeist, um, put on the map in large part by Amy C. Edmondson, a brilliant professor and scholar out of Harvard. I love Amy, her work, who she is as a person. Amy actually endorsed my book. Thank you, Amy. Um, And Amy wasn't the person who came up with the term, um, but she stumbled across it in the late 1990s with some work and research, a study she was doing in hospital environments, emergency room environments, where there was um, high trusting teams and low trusting teams and how that would impact um, medical errors, performance, health, health outcomes. And, you know, 
the conclusion of the study was something really interesting. In hospital environments and emergency room environments where there's more psychological safety, people, medical professionals are actually willing to admit mistake. There are more medical errors reported, not more medical errors occurring, more medical errors reported because health professionals and teams feel that it is safe and worth it to admit error so that we can improve how we work as a team and patient outcome. And so as I as I learned more about psychological safety and became interested and passionate about it myself, I had a couple beefs with it. One, I don't love the term. Even Amy herself admits that the term that she stumbled into um, is not her is not her favorite. Um, it doesn't necessarily describe what it is. It's not about safe spaces. It's not about being nice all the time. Psychological safety, as Edmondson defines it, is an environment in which we feel safe to take interpersonal risk. It's about our ability to disagree well and debate and rumble, to take words from Brene Brown, and come out the other end better. Um, Kim Scott's work on radical candor requires psychological safety as well. So when I didn't love the term, and I, I felt as though it put a white lab coat and a very academic perspective on a very human emotion. And so I thought I was simply rebranding psychological safety. But as I delved into the work, I realized that it's actually more than psychological safety. There's a lesser known body of work called perception of impact that really determines if you have a speak of culture or not. Uh, and the two questions that we ask ourselves whether consciously or subconsciously, before we make the choice, do that voice calculus before we make the choice to speak up or not, is, is it psychologically safe and is it worth it? Do you feel as though, do you have a perception that you're taking a personal risk to speak up will actually yield and create some sort of positive outcome? So it is not only do I feel safe, it is also do I feel that this risk is worth taking? And it is the role of leaders to create environments, not of fearlessness. That's um, idealized and that's that's a misnomer. Um, fearlessness is actually dangerous. Fear is important. It's data. If it weren't for fear, we wouldn't have courage. The work of leaders is to create environment in which people fear less and can take more risk. Wonderful. We've got one minute left here. So in 30 seconds or less, how can folks learn more about you and, of course, get a copy of the book? Go. Yes. Thank you for joining us. We hope this brief conversation was valuable uh, for you. You can learn more about the book at speakupculture.com. And uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so please feel free to connect on LinkedIn. I think, Bill, I'm the only Stephen Shedletsky in the world for the time being. So all you handfuls of Shedletskys, please name your children wisely. Shed, my friend, we'll have to get you on again very soon. But for now, thank you very much for being my guest. Great to be here with you again, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.